This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we are the key podcasters. This is a show where we steep with a lot of impressions. Oh, so many There's of so, them. This thing is so many of them, Master of them. Dave. We're so full of the impressions. Of course, so many of them. They, oh, this is going to be a nightmare for everyone. <laughs> Why would they put so many voices in one movie? What's wrong with them? Well, I like to believe that <laughs> maybe... <laughs> <laughs> just squeezing uh, the Morgan Freeman in there. Yeah, why not? Because why not? Switch it up. We're talking Batman Begins today. Batman Begins. 2005 is Batman Begins. It's from 2005. Happy Bat Month. Happy Bat we Month. Can, we roll right along. Bat Month rolling along like the wheels of the Batmobile. The Tumbler. They're tumbling. Then. They're tumbling. We're tumbling along through uh, Bat Month. I'm very excited for this movie. Me too. We're starting out the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. Christopher Nolan's sort of masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Definitely. Like two thirds of a masterpiece. Critically and uh, <laughs> box officerly masterpiece for sure. Yes, box officerly. Without a doubt. Definitely. Do you remember seeing this thing in theaters? Barely. All right. But yes. Yeah. I, I always look at this one as like the weird movie that just snuck out. Yeah. But when you look at the box office draw, it didn't sneak out. Well, when you look at the opening weekend, it kind of did sneak out. Well, it's a $150 million movie. I've seen. Estimates that put it up towards 175 also. Yeah. No one's quite sure that happens sometimes. Right. But the opening weekend, it did 48 mil. Yeah. That's kind of a weak opening. That's a modest opening. Yeah. For sure. For this, especially. Especially for this. June release, 2005. Yeah. It ended up grossing 206, so it made its nut. And then worldwide, 374, that's a hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Especially, like, they they teased a second film in this thing. I don't think this was a trilogy. I think it became a trilogy eventually. I feel like this was... Definitely two movies planned. Okay. But personally, I don't think this was planned as a trilogy, especially for how long it took them to put Dark Knight Rises out eventually. I think there might have been some things that happened that made them change their plans along the way, but... Like a Heath Ledger? Yeah. Going the way of modern-day Roger Ebert? Yeah. I could see that one. Yeah. Not in this movie, though. But not in this one. No, because here we got we got a new Batman. It's Christian Bale. Christian Bale. What do you think of Christian Bale? He's definitely Christian Bale. <laughs> what does that even mean? It means he's uh, moody. Yeah. Brooding? He broods? Brooding. Serious actor. Yeah. English is all hell. I mean, who in this movie is actually American? Yeah. See, I didn't know that they were doing a Marvel villain as the lead because he's the chameleon. (laughs) Uh, Go on. He blends in every role he does. I don't think he's ever really done, but I mean, up to this point, he had famously not done the same accent twice. You know what's really interesting is when he does press, too, for the movies, he still does the accent. I don't think I don't know that I've ever heard his actual accent. He's English. He's Welsh. Oh, that's worse. That's worse. How does he have one of those fucked up Welsh names then? Like Yoan Griffith. Nah, we'll see in Fantastic Four I whenever we like get there. I feel like maybe Christian Bale might be a stage name. You think so? Do you think it's just vowels just oh, strewn so about? Many of them. <laughs> so many vowels. But you have Christian Bale, who's definitely Welsh. grew up with a pet dragon. That's what I think of when I think of Wales. Yeah, is no, pet that, dragons. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess just rolling hills, and- mead, knights. I don't know why. It's yeah, medieval times. It's still medieval times. Dinner though. and tournament for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so much jousting. Did you ever go to medieval times? I've been to medieval times once. Yeah, me too. What what color were you? 
I think I went for like my 10th birthday, too. Oh, I don't too. remember. It was yellow. That sounds right, actually. Yeah. It might have been yellow. Got nothing else besides that. I remember complaining that I couldn't use utensils. No, I was, I was old Garofalo be... came up to me and said, at medieval times, they did not use, use, <laughs> they did not use utensils. For a second, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what, really? What a weird coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so he's Welsh. Yeah. Even... <laughs> you get Michael Caine in this thing? Michael Caine. You got Liam Neeson in this thing? You got Liam Neeson. You, you get Liam Neeson's. Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, English. You got Tom Wilkinson, English. English. Morgan uh, Freeman speaks English beautifully. He does. Beautifully. Just so well. I feel like you go like old timey baseball announcer. Like the, if you just went up a little bit. Ah, yeah. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Morgan Freeman has a voice that's smooth, but wise. Now I feel like you're going a little bit higher than uh, like, a, like a Lando Calrissian. Mm. Like that, that type of silk. Maybe. Colt 45. Whoa. It wasn't that silky, Dave. That was nasally as all hell. <laughs> Got Tom Wilkinson, who's also English. Did I just say that? Yep. I just said that. Yep. It's a Nerdy Thursday episode. We're saying things twice. Hey, hey. Uh, Linus Roach is English. Colin McFarlane is English. Rucker Howard's Dutch. These are all people in the movie. Yeah. Then you have Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. American and boring. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely American. I would call her replaceable. You know, I don't see it, Dave. I don't either. I don't think you could replace her. Uh uh, Certainly not. Certainly not. What are your thoughts on this thing? What, what this, are my thoughts movie, on Batman Begins, Dave? Yeah. Hmm. It's okay. <laughs> it's great. It's a. It's brilliant. It's so yeah, well done. I think this is the masterpiece out of the Nolan trilogy. You do. I. I sincerely I can, mean I can that. See it. I think that Dark Knight is probably the best out of the trilogy. I think this thing's a masterpiece. I think I agree with you. Very cool touches. Christopher Nolan. We should probably talk about Christopher Nolan. Let's talk about Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan had done, up until this point, done following. He did Insomnia. He did Memento. Right. Knocked it out of the park through and through. Very creative filmmaker. Great storyteller. Great visual storyteller. Yeah. He walked into Warner Brothers, and they were trying to figure out a project for him. Batman was not on the list. (laughs) And he said, I want to take a crack at the bat. Not a comic book guy, by the way. Chris Nolan, not a comic book guy. That's funny. David Esquire, comic book guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David Esquire kind of gets a weird rap because he's written some of the brilliant Warner Brothers works, DC works. Yeah. And then he's written some of the shitty ones. Yeah. But his inspirations behind it is he's pure comic book. Right. And I know that he said when he was writing this thing, one of his biggest inspirations was The Long Halloween. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense why they would go with The Long Halloween, because they both openly say, if you buy the book now, they both openly talk about how cinematic it all is, how the writing is very, like, noir, how it fits the mold of what they wanted Batman to be. Sure. Going kind of back to the old pulpy way of it. Right. Not so much, obviously, the Adam West way is long gone at this point. Yeah. But is it because we're coming off the Schumacher films? Right. Which- Which were can't be in their own right. Yeah, but one of them was a massive success. (laughs) Batman Forever- was a huge success. Batman Somehow. and Robin, not so much. <laughs> the opposite, I would say. It completely bombed. It yeah. made Batman go into the toilet for however many years until this came about. From 97 to 2005. But then you have Christopher Nolan saying, I want to take on the bat. I want to tell a story here. And they end up kind of writing similarly to The Long Halloween because you get your Carmine Falcone mm-hmm. as the, I'm going to quote unquote, villain. Sure. S- sort of. Sort of. He's villain-ish. He's got some villainous tendencies. Yeah. 
He leans villainous. Yeah, they go very heavy on the Frank Miller Batman Year One in yeah. terms of origin. Although they everybody attached yeah. says not one of the inspirations. They're all like, no, it wasn't Year One. We're not doing Year One. But like, there's some. You're kind of lot going, of Year you're One. You're kind of going Year One. Yeah. I don't know. This is such a cool movie for me. Just overall, like I remember seeing this in the theaters. I was late to the game on this one. Really? I saw it at a really small theater in North Jersey where I think we might have been the only ones in there. It was probably like late July when this thing was about to leave theaters. Oh, wow. That late to the game. I went in still not knowing anything about it. I credit two movies to me working in film eventually. Yeah. In knowing kind of more about the film industry. The first one's Clockwork Orange. Stanley Kubrick's fucking masterpiece is, is undercutting that movie. Yeah. That thing is brilliant. Everything in that could only be a movie in my mind. That's It's perfect. But this one made me realize that there's an entire world out there with fandom, and you can turn that fandom into something that's cinematic, yeah. into something that is that adults can appreciate, that right. adults could be proud of. They don't have to go, hey, this is a Batman, this is a comic book, this is kid shit. I'm right. going to hide under a rock, and I'm going to get super defensive whenever someone says, hey, that Batman's a puss puss. <laughs> what? Wait, what? What? Yeah, I got very confused at the end of that sentence. Because I feel like this is the, the movie that kind of made everyone break out. You're three years away from having Iron Man, and I feel like that's an important step. Like, you, of course, yeah. you had X Men before that, but hmm. they're the X Men. They were like they were they're received kind of funny. They were still movies that were playing with um, not taking themselves completely seriously, right? Whereas this dove in and it's like this is the story we're telling. There's no winks, nothing. This is straight storytelling. Oh, it's brilliant. Not even building a universe. You want to know why? Because it doesn't exist inside a universe, which I love what do you mean i'm just going to read this directly off of wikipedia okay i don't ever do this but you know wikipedia said it better a common idea in the comics is that bruce saw a zorro film with his parents before they were murdered right nolan explained that by ignoring that idea which he stated is not found in batman's first appearances it emphasized the importance of bats to bruce and that becoming a superhero is a wholly original idea on his part mm. it is for this reason nolan believes other dc characters do not exist in the universe okay Otherwise, Bruce Wayne's reasons for taking up costume vigilanteism would have been very different. Makes sense. So he kind of looks at himself huh. as the first, the first one to do this. And yeah, we have these very theatric characters within it, but it all kind of takes place in a world that could exist in theory. In theory, yeah. How you have your rich billionaire playboy who has the whole world at his disposal because of this this Wayne Enterprises company. Sure. Which... I want to talk about because yeah. I don't understand a damn we, thing about it. We'll get there. But <laughs> he could just go downstairs to Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman, and say, what you got? What you, what, what you got that's going to yeah. – for spelunking, for cave diving, also bullets. But <laughs> <laughs> you expecting to get shot a lot while you're cave diving? But he has all the means. Right. Like they make it make sense. Right. So this whole movie is it's truly not... about Batman beginning. It's where, right on the edge yeah, of outlandish. Which I think is a very fun spot for it to live. Absolutely. And I know the way that Nolan even described this whole film is like, this is the movie he wanted to see as a kid. Right. Which, right. Which is why there's no the best way to do it. blood or gore Nothing. or anything like that. In that. Nothing like that. Because like, he wanted you, 10 to 12 year olds to be able to go and You have see your it. intense action scenes and you have your scary yeah. kind of frightening moments, but it's nothing crazy. It really doesn't right. push the boundaries on any of that. It's just, I'm going to tell you a story. Don't dig too fucking deep into it, nerds. Right. This is great. <laughs> Let's start with his origin. Okay. It's a, I feel like that's probably the appropriate place to start. This is one of those superhero origin stories that's been beaten to death. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here it's actually like extremely appropriate that we should talk about it and that they should have shown it. Right. I agree. And we skipped it last week because it wasn't in that one. We have no idea how Adam West even became Batman. Nope. No idea. I mean, we assume it's probably similar, but. We have to assume. But here we get to see him walking on the grounds of Wayne Manor, falling into the well. Yeah. And the bats. And the bats. And that's terrifying. He gets scared. Yeah. And the dad coming down and rescuing him. Yada, yada, yada. Right. It's weird that we have the dad as an actual character. The Thomas Wayne yeah. is a character. Thomas he, Wayne doesn't yeah. usually get a lot of a lot of screen time. Doesn't get any. He's usually bang. All right, cool. Yeah, he usually gets the same amount as Martha Moving gets on. in this because Martha, not one line. No, not one line. She's got nothing. Yeah, but it's nice to see the father figure for once and how he actually has a connection to his father. It kind of right gives it a little bit of weight instead of just saying, it's like, "Oh yeah, see these two, this mom and dad, they did the bone, they made you, and Bam. then they died. And then now you should them, be sad, and now you're a, a madman, right? A mad boy, exactly, a bad boy. But here, father's teaching him, like, why do you fall down to get to back get back up? up? Which is another theme of this movie, right? And then he has the bat dreams and all that stuff, and then they go Nightmares. to the, the opera and they see the bats there, and he's like, "We gotta get out of here." Why are his parents bringing him to an opera that has bats in it? That's kind of <laughs> I, I know they're high society. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe I don't know. What's the crying clown opera thingy? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It, see, Thomas Wayne probably didn't know this was a bat one. I'm also not Thomas Wayne rich. Yeah, but then why do you wear a tuxedo everywhere? Well, because it, I look good in it. I thought you were going to go Jack Donaghy. It's after 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but then outside this theater, why did they go out the back door of this theater? I don't know. I don't know. I like how the dad kind of covers for Bruce being all scared. And then Joe Chill comes up and he get, does the mugging. Joe Chill. Sounds like a 7-Eleven drink. Not super chill, that guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. The opposite, I would say. So he does the whole killing. Really weird touch here. How we meet Jim Gordon. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. And I like how he puts the jacket on Bruce because that's going to come back. It will. And it's a really, that that's a big old, that's a teary wink. That's a, but it's not a wink yet. No, but it's lovely when it does come back. Right. Movies away. Movies away. But let me ask you this part. And I think this is actually one of the most important scenes of the entire movie. How you have the commissioner man walk in. Yeah. And he says- Commissioner Loeb. Right. And he walks in and he says, I got good news for you, son. We got the guy. Right. How would you take that as a child? That's- When you say, you have good news for you, beat. Right. We got the guy. What does that mean to a child? That he, uh, How old do you think Bruce is in this situation? Uh, eight. You think so? Eight years old. Somewhere on there? I think is-, is... As an eight-year-old, I didn't understand what justice was. Right. So, I mean, this kid's obviously angry. He's been through something extremely traumatic. Right. Do you think that the weight of this scene has anything to do with where Bruce is going to go? Because I think it has everything to do with it. I mean, it makes sense. How you can't possibly process the death of your parents. Right. But you have a guy telling you, good news, good justice. News. Right. Right. But what are you supposed to do with that? Justice is a thought. It's a it's an idea that we create. Yeah. Yeah. And at eight years old, I don't know that. Yeah, that's, ooh, that's heavy. I mean, that's a lot to put on an eight-year-old. And the way, and how do you carry that with you for the rest of your life? Like, that's probably his first instance of real trauma, especially coming from a privileged background like he does. Yeah. To have that dropped on you, and the very first thing, the very first good news you're delivered is, we got the guy. You're kind of like half expecting to say, your parents, by the way, survived. Yeah. They're no, bulletproof. Didn't right. you know? Hey, hey. But no, it's, it's we got the guy. And that just kind of probably frames his whole mindset on what has to happen for forever. Bad people have to be taken out. And he does attempt that because he goes off to college, he comes back, and he wants to take out Joe Chill. Right. He's got the gun and everything, and Rachel Dawes, his childhood friend and all that stuff, is the one, I guess, it doesn't even talk sense into him because 
No. She learns too late that he's kind of at this revenge scheme. Right. And so he's going to go. Him. Yeah. He, she want, he <laughs> wants to take out Joe Chill. And then it turns out that Carmine Falcone's mafia. Does it. Takes, does yeah. it for him. Right. Does the job for him. And it still doesn't feel good enough for him. No. No. He's like, oh, the guy's gone. But I wanted to do it. We already have more depth to a character in the first 15 minutes of a movie than we've gotten from any Batman story yet. Oh, definitely. That's amazing. And the best part is it's Bruce Wayne. It's not Batman. Right. I feel like. Every time we talk about Bruce Wayne, it's so brushed over. It's nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, they spend an hour of this movie just on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Before, before you yeah, even this see is, This isn't even suit. a Batman movie. This is a Bruce Wayne movie. This is definitely a Bruce Wayne movie. Which is cool as hell. Turns out Christopher Nolan actually lied to the producers to get that to go through. What do you mean? Well, what, <laughs> they wanted more Batman. Obviously, it's a Batman movie. And they're like, we want to sell this Batman, Batman, Batman. Of course. And he was like, no, I want to I build character. He said that he had analyzed other action films and found out that when the hero generally puts on the costume, and he he referenced specifically Richard Donner's Superman. Superman. Yeah. He said Christopher Reeve didn't put on the suit until 53 minutes in, which is not true. It's a little bit earlier than that, but... Yeah. So we get, like, the first full half of this movie is just Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Which is something that has not been done in any Batman movie. Not at all. We usually dive right into Bruce Wayne. Right. Where, I mean, Adam West is Batman... Almost the entire time. Right. He's, well, sort of Bruce Wayne at points of that movie. But in the movie, yeah. Michael Keaton is Batman right from the get go. Yeah. I like how you actually put someone behind the mask for once. How you make, you give us a reason to care. Right. Which right. seems like such a simple idea. Why was it so difficult to say, like, this is how it should it be? It seems like a no brainer. Like, hey, let's make people care about exactly. this character before we. Exactly. Yeah. What weight would Steve Rogers have if he just popped out in the Captain America suit and just said, hey, Nazis, pow, pow. punch, bang. Yeah, not but a whole lot. you get the whole, I can do this all day. I'm a skinny, scrawny guy fighting. I got a ton of heart. Right. You got to put the character behind it. Right. You need you need the origins. It's important. Oh, not even necessarily the origins. You need the backstory. You need the inspiration. Exactly. The motivation. And I like how here he also runs away. Yeah. And he goes off to, is it Bhutan? Is that it? Uh, was it Tibet? Uh, the same thing in my mind. I don't, it's out there. Somewhere. It's, out there. Exactly. Yeah. Fievel goes to Bhutan. Yeah, exactly. And then he meets Henry Ducard, Liam he, Neeson. Yeah, he goes to jail. And, and Liam Neeson is basically just saying, hey, there's blue flowers. Pick me one of those bad boys. Meet me at my house up on the top of a mountain, and, and I will show you the way. I don't know. I mean. That's pretty much what happens. He gives him a mission, right? Yeah, I, he, he succeeds in the mission, but then he goes to ninja. Ninja, ninja school. Ninja school. Ninja camp. I like ninja camp I a lot know. better than ninja school. It is ninja camp. But what is he learning here? Like, he's learning kind of, well, I know exactly what he's like. The word is ninjutsu, yeah. which is a word we've thrown about turtle power. Ninjutsu. <laughs> I like how you don't just have a guy who can fight. Right. How he doesn't just know, I, I know kung fu. He actually had to learn something. He got off the heels of the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, it wasn't just martial arts that he was learning. He also learned about theatricality. And the element of surprise. Stealth. Stealth. Fear. Fear was a big one. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. There was like a lot that happened there. He also learns that there's kind of a more adult version of justice because they want him to kill a guy who is a criminal. Right. And he says, no, he should be tried. Right. He's, he's, you see that he's a good man. Yeah. And, and instead of, instead uh, of <laughs> chopping off this guy's head, he burns down Liam Neeson's house. Yeah. He, he <laughs> and kills all of Liam Neeson's ninja buddies. Blows up a whole <laughs> bunch of ninjas instead of just killing the one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know how that works, yeah. right? There's... You know, every time you get wronged, Brian's known for doing this. Every time Brian gets wronged, 
he will burn down the house. Yep. Kill all the buddies. Yep. And then he won't kill you, but he'll leave you for dead with a strange shaman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the middle of a mountain. Well, I mean, why do you think it's I've lived in move. so many different places? It's true. <laughs> you can't just stay after you do that. Makes sense. There's a scene in this in this uh, whole yeah, yeah. montage of learning where Liam Neeson and Christian Bale are fighting on a frozen lake. And it actually turned out that they could hear the ice cracking beneath their feet while they were filming this scene. Yeah, that's terrifying. And when they came back the next day, the lake was completely melted. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. So that part where Liam Neeson says, you've sacrificed your footing. It's like, no, that shit's real. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> terrifying. Right? I mean, how do you film that? And they're like sliding around and, no. Global warming. No, Myth. Everyone knows that. Well, yeah, Especially that's... Christopher Nolan. You're on blast, <laughs> but I, he, I don't know if he believes in that at all. He seems to. I don't no think that's clue. him. I don't think it's him. Even though a lot of people actually say this is a very conservative movie. Really, sincerely mean. Where you have your privileged white guy mm-hmm. who wants to take the law into his own hands. Sure, kind of makes himself judge, jury, not executioner. Nope, just the ass kicker. He doesn't execute. He blows up. Buildings. You know, now, well, now that I think about it, he actually like rebels against himself because it's like he's almost like embarrassed of his wealth in this thing. That's true. Where he wants to like distance himself from the Wayne name and yeah, the Wayne he's family. Like, that's not who I am. Because the Wayne Enterprises is running. Oh, let's talk. I want to figure this let's out. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So Thomas Wayne. Yes. Is a doctor. A doctor. He's a surgeon at the hospital. Mm-hmm. What's he doing running this? Why does he have a company? And why does he have a mansion that's been there for six generations? Is this old money? It must be old money. That's the only thing that makes sense. Especially because Wayne yeah. Enterprises is doing like weapons contracts and things. That has nothing to They're do doing with, everything. with, I mean. They're doing everything. Right. I don't know. I don't truly know what they do, because it seems to be like if Apple started developing missiles or something like that, that's what they'd be doing. Yeah, they're Stark Enterprises. More or less. <laughs> More or less. But it's being run by Rucker Hauer. Right. Which is awesome, because a lot of this film is based on, like, the look of it is based on Blade Runner, so, right. hey, how about that? Right. Blade Runner and Zorro. Exactly. The classic mix of Everybody films. knows you put those two together, you get Batman. Of course. But how does this run? What is Bruce Wayne... What is his job? Bruce Wayne's job? He doesn't have one. Just sort of chairman? I guess. I mean, Chairman he's... of the board, carrot top style? Well, when he first comes back there, he's assumed dead, so he has no role. Right. And then- Because Rucker Hauer makes him dead. Right. Declares him dead. Therefore, so he, he can takes over. take the right. company public because there's always like a corporate espionage angle in all these movies. There has to be. <laughs> but then Bruce Wayne, I guess he's just primary shareholder. Because right? they went public, and he bought all the shares. He bought all the that. shares. So I guess I don't. It doesn't really make him CEO. It just makes him the controlling interest. Do we need to get like a story about Bruce Wayne's grandfather, who's like secretly Thomas Edison or something like that? Don't, don't, because go deeper. Someone will do it. Somebody will. Yeah, it'd be you, great if you ask her that. And this is Gerald Wayne, and be like, "Here's baby Thomas." Wink. <laughs> 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 what a weird company. I'm actually a little bit curious now. Yeah, I would love to see like an old timey. Like in black and white. Oh. You can use your Morgan Freeman voice no. in order to narrate it. That would be a good idea. This here is Thomas Wayne. That was it. Perfect. Morgan Freeman. Perfect Morgan First Freeman. Try. Got it. Nailed it. Speaking of Bruce Wayne's riches. Yep. Forbes, around the time of this movie, did a breakdown of how much it would actually cost to become Batman. Okay. And they estimated it to be around $3.5 million, which I think seems low. Yeah. There's a mention in the movie about $300,000 for just the suit. Yeah. Just the the torso portion of it? Yeah. That's significant. And didn't he order like 100,000 cowl pieces? Yeah, to hide it. Yeah. He didn't want to make it it stand out. So, And they ordered the pieces from different places, which is 
Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Great, great way to cover plot holes. I like that a lot. It's smart. But Forbes also did something around this time. They started, I want to say, in like 2003, and they ran with it for like 10 years. It was called the Forbes Fictional 15, where they ranked the 15 richest fictional characters. That's a terrific idea. 2005's list. 15, Lucius Malfoy. 14, Cruella DeVille. Those are drastically different. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. 13, Laura Croft. 12, Ebenezer Scrooge. 11, Arthur Bach. Who's Arthur Bach? Uh, from the movie Arthur. Oh, gotcha. Dudley Moore. Yeah. 10, Willy Wonka. 9, Thurston Howell III from Gilligan's Island. Yep. Number 8, Bruce Wayne with an estimated $6.5 billion. Oof. And then uh, from 7 through 1, we have Jed Clampett, Scrooge McDuck, C. Montgomery Burns, Lex Luthor, Richie Rich, Oliver Daddy Warbucks, and Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus is the richest, richest fictional character, according to Forbes. They took him off the list the next year because children were complaining. Oh, my God. I think the one that really <laughs> stood out to me was Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, number 10. Got that chocolate money. Yeah. Wow. So they did this every year for uh, for 10 years. Okay. They don't do it anymore. I don't know why. But I'm assuming Tony Stark would have been on there at some point. Tony Stark does make an appearance eventually. Um, I figure we'll do this again for Dark Knight, see where see where Bruce is. You think because uh, he went public with the company? Yeah. Got to move one way or the other at that point. You would assume. We'll see. We'll see. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed watching him become Batman. Yeah. It's one of those things where like you play a video game and you have to slowly rank up your character getting better and better weapons as it goes along until yeah. eventually you're just, oh, you're all horned up. You got everything you need in order to beat the game. Right. All that stuff. You're finally the character you always dreamed of. Unless you're Sean from Nerdy Thursday and then you skip all the side missions and don't level up your character. Not even a little bit. Nope. Explain. He just, he, he gets too distracted by side missions so yeah. he doesn't do them at all he just focuses the main story so he doesn't get all the extra perks and level up his equipment and then doesn't that mean you get your ass kicked when you get to the like the big bad somehow he manages okay very talented then. got the quick don't give him that got the quick thumbs mm. gotta imagine mm. but it's kind of neat how when he's going through this he gets the suit kind of the chest armor of it yeah he gets like this memory cloth that when you put electric through it it becomes wings or oh, some right. shit like yeah. that it holds its form. Right. He gets the cowl, which breaks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not very strong. There's nothing better than uh, Michael Caine taking a hammer to a cowl. Right. You see him get the tumbler. Does it come in black? <laughs> that thing. But then you also okay, see Okay, that him... was a wink. Yeah, but then there you also see him making the bat, the little the batarangs. He's yeah. actually making them. Right. He's got a little, yeah. Like sharpening them and- And then throwing them into walls. How great is that? It was pretty you, cool. It's like so neat. That you watch a superhero become super in this way. Yeah. he doesn't have any powers or anything like that. Right. He's just really good at kicking people. Right. It's one of those things we've talked about how with, like, the Joker, he sent out his leather jacket to get embroidered. This is the embroidery, this man. Is, this yeah. is so exciting. You get to see him send it out. How exciting is that? It's he awesome. gets the invoice back and he pays the invoice on time? Maybe? Maybe. Who knows? Hey. Who knows? There's a concept. Oh, that'd be the best. Just so mundane watching all this stuff happen. <laughs> It would be a lot like if you watch just a movie about the henchman. Right. That's it. Just he goes to work, you see him punch the clock, and he guards a fucking volcano or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. And at the end of the day, he goes home and he kisses his wife. Yeah. No superheroes today. Not today. Didn't get kicked in the lava today. It was a good, <laughs> real good one. Good day. Poor Herb, though. Oh, boy. Oh. He got eaten by a shark. Where'd you get a shark? I thought it was a volcano. I know. <laughs> 
Uh, super villains have ridiculous layers. It's insane. <laughs> Why do you need sharks and lava? I don't know. But the whole point of this movie is you have Fal- uh, Carmine Falcone. Yeah. Controlling Gotham, Gotham, seemingly. But you also have all these these insane criminals who are getting off on insanity charges because of Dr. Jonathan Crane. Right. Played by Killian Murphy. Right. He's a scarecrow. Not going to bury it. Nope. Give me your thoughts on Scarecrow. I uh, at first was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. He doesn't have like a like a super villain kind of look to him. He's very pretty. But Killian then, Murphy's very pretty. But then he puts on that that mask and sprays that spray. And yeah, uh, that mask is awesome. Oh damn! Apparently they did uh, twenty different prototypes of the Scarecrow's face before they settled on the one they use in the movie. This one looks like a five year old sewed it together. It's yeah, fucking which is beautiful, creepy as hell. Yeah, which is. The idea. But they barely show it. I'm glad they don't like put a lot right. of focus on it, so it makes it unnerving. Right. Christopher Nolan actually originally didn't even want to use it. Really? Yeah. So I don't know how they planned on making him look like a scarecrow when they used the but It's gotta be a lot like Wizard of Oz. Just make him walk funny. Yeah. And he loses his stuffing every now and then. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tripping on this blue flower stuff. <laughs> that blue flower. The ultimate MacGuffin. It was pretty. Yeah, but they make this but concentrated. But it made scary. Yeah, it made it made scary. It made juice. scary spray. Scary spray. <laughs> scary spray from the blue flower. <laughs> That's a less crazy Spice Girl. <laughs> but this whole storyline with Falcone, how he knows who Bruce Wayne is. Everyone knows who Bruce Wayne is because it's Gotham. You got to go a right. thousand miles before you don't know who Bruce Wayne is. <laughs> Whatever. I like how you have these corrupt cops. So it goes with the Batman Year One. Yeah. Kind of theme there. Yeah. And Jim Gordon, Gary Oldman. He's the he's the good boy. He's the good cop. Yeah. But he won't turn on the bad cops. Won't do it because, you know. Reasons. Principles, I guess. <laughs> we got to talk about the doc. Yes. I think this is arguably the most beautiful scene that we've seen in any movie we've talked about so far. Really? What, 34 episodes? Whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. We've seen characters that have been hidden before mm-hmm. and they've been hidden so poorly because they want to have that big reveal. The big reveal, right. The Hulk is the, the one Hulk. that stands out multiple times. Also, Batman. 89. Uh, yeah, they do it. It's brief, but they do it. Yeah. For sure. But with this one, you start seeing, like, lights going out. You hear noises. You see the characters, the baddies reacting mm-hmm. to what's going on in this environment. And then you see them getting disappeared. Right. Into the dark areas and all that stuff. You see a dark, shadowy figure going and, like, flying in the background and stuff like that. He's never in focus. It's so cool. It's so well done. And then eventually, you get the one just firing the gun at random. Where are you? Here. Here. Ah, it's so good. And it's like, you get your first look at Batman, and it's so quick. So quick. And he's upside down. And yeah. Christopher Nolan said he wanted to shoot it, or he wanted to show it from the criminal's point of view. So you see less of never going to get a good look. Right. So he, he wanted to frame him as a frightening character because that's that's what he's playing. He's using the criminal's fear against them. Right. And it's almost like it's kinda like watching a horror movie, but you're rooting for the monster. To me, what stands out is this is the second horror scene, like true horror that we've seen because this thing is shot like a horror movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the other one that stands out is in Spider Man two with Doc Ock on the operating table. Right. That whole thing. But that's like that over the top, Sam Raimi. Pure horror. Have a great time. Yeah. Here's a camera. Let's fly. Go. And it's the best. It's great. I think this thing is so beautifully done because when you finally get that Batman reveal, yeah. that payoff of seeing Batman. I'm Batman. We haven't seen Batman at this point in eight years. Right. And here he is. And here he is. And with all a brand his... new suit and all that stuff. And, and they made us wait oh, an hour for him. Man. 
it's worth the hour. Absolutely it's it is. It's absolutely worth it. And we understand what he stands for at this point because right. we have a character who's actually in the suit. He's developed. How great is that? <laughs> it is a breath of fresh air. And he's kicking every ass. Every single ass. Because he's not just Spartan kicking. He can actually move within right. the suit. Right. And he knows how to how to fight. Well, yeah. We I haven't mean, seen that really yet. You hang out with Liam Neeson, you learn how to fight. That's Naturally. how it works. Naturally. If you don't, you get taken. You either, yeah. I'm pretty sure. You either that become works, a Jedi right? or you get taken. That's right. how it goes. That's exactly it. <laughs> what do you think of the suit? What do I think of the suit? I actually really like the suit. I think it's perfect. It's, uh, I, I don't know if it's perfect. It's very good. I like the thick cowl. The neck area makes him look like a beast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all black. It is a very monochrome suit. And I like my Batman with a little bit of gray. I'm upset that none of the bet none of the movies since '66 have done the blue. True, I miss the blue. The blue's a good look. Give me the blue. I don't think it works anymore, though. I don't know. I think we're probably at an age where you could probably you'd be like, "Here's some blue," and be like, "Oh, we got the blue." That's fair. What do you think of the mask, the actual like cowl of it? Because they designed it to have a facial expression this time. It was angry. It was angsty. Angsty. It was like a John Hughes. High school movie. Hmm. Super angsty. I thought it looked PO'd. I, I agree with you, but in an I'm just going way? off what the director has said. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, so yeah, we wanted an angsty Batman. Uh, we really like, really like Spider-Man 3, That's, <laughs> even though that came out it's after a, this. It's our favorite. <laughs> we're not going to hide it. Well, we're talking about cool shit, what do you think of the Tumblr? I actually really dig the, the Batmobile. Tumblr. The thing I love about this Tumblr is it's practical. They built four of them. Yeah. And it's like a real vehicle. But they did it like Jaws-like. What do you mean by that? When they built multiple of them, they built them different ways so that they can all showcase something different. Okay. Where in Jaws, they built a whole bunch of sharks that didn't work famously. And sure. some of them were like left shark. Some of them were right shark. It's the original left shark. <laughs> it's the original it's left like shark. It's like Katy Perry Super Bowl bullshit. This is real. And then, yeah, we had the one that came deep. out and you see the face shark. And in this one, you had different hydraulics attached to these tumblers and whatnot hmm. so that they would work they'd be functional sure you couldn't just throw it all on one they're expensive as all hell yeah like um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, i think for each. each one yeah that's crazy and it took them nine months to develop these things yeah and you can't see out of them when you drive them of course not there's took them, no visibility it took on them. the drivers months to figure out how to drive these things <laughs> they actually like the screens you see inside the tumbler itself it's obviously a set yeah because well, Obviously, yeah. well, I've, I read filming. somewhere that yeah. they wouldn't let uh, they wouldn't let Christian Bale near any of them. Well, probably not for insurance reasons. I'd imagine they were like, "No, you can't even go near." Them. Don't please don't please don't. <laughs> I think Tumblr's cool as hell, though. Oh, it's awesome! It looks really cool. I gotta get me one of those. Doesn't look like a Batmobile, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, you're right because this is its own thing. You had a Batmobile that had bubble windows in '66, yeah. then you yeah, go to whatever we got in '89 with the, that the iconic. Uh, yeah, the super long nose on that thing. Yeah. I don't think there's a set Batmobile, and that's okay. That's true. I think true. that's kind of fun to mess around. I think that's what they went for here. Yeah. What would a superhero who just wants justice, what's he going to drive? What's practical for him to drive? Is it going right. to be something super flashy, or is it going to be tactical? It's definitely going to be tactical. And, and especially yeah. if he's getting all of his equipment from military contracts. Exactly. Yeah. It makes sense. It fits the story, which is what I love about this movie. Everything fits the story. Right. Everything comes back, right. which I like a lot. They're not doing things because like, oh, in the comic books, he's got this. 
Like they have reasons for things. It's true. And I like how Christopher Nolan tells stories visually. Christopher Nolan has a thing and it kind of falls on fanboys a lot of the time where he makes you feel smart. Yeah. Where like, oh, I figured that out on my own. Like I didn't need to be told that. He doesn't. But the thing is, right. Yeah. The thing is that he doesn't talk down to an audience. Like right. I'm above you. I'm smarter. He's so good at visually telling a story that he wants you to pick up on these cues. Exactly. And they come across so well. They're communicated so well that you get it. And then when you get the reveal, it, you're figuring it out along it with everyone else. It pays off. It pays yeah. off for you as the audience. There's no Favreau salute. How brilliant is that? You don't have to get told something. Right. He doesn't treat the audience like an idiot. Christopher I Nolan's over Chris here with like super light hands, just like waving them in the air. Oh, yeah. Because they're so light. Yeah. Chris Nolan's like a balloon. He's, He's got helium above hands. all of us. He's the best. Helium hands. I like it. The opposite. The of complete Favreau. opposite of it. Speaking of the Batmobile, when they were shooting in Chicago, there was a person who crashed into one of the Batmobiles. Their car got effed? Um, F in the A? Their car. Well, what happened was the driver might have been a little bit tipsy and said, actually, like. He may be a drinker, but uh, he's only human. That's right. He is a human being. He claims that he thought that the vehicle was a spacecraft, an alien spacecraft, and he was trying to ram it because I guess he thinks to he's save some lives? kind of drunken hero. He's going <laughs> to oh, okay. take out the aliens. I just thought that was a fun little anecdote. You know what? That one of one of the he's four a hero to me. Then, if that's the case, he's willing to sacrifice. So he's a lot like Randy Quaid in Independence Day at that point. Yeah, up yours. <laughs> I just can't imagine seeing that it on was the Randy street Quaid. and being like, "Oh yeah, that's probably an alien. Better smash it. I better hit that." <laughs> it looks like a military vehicle. What is he? I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of glad his car got fucked. I think up. he might have been like really drunk. Actually, that's fair. It's, that's how I'm reading that. Hero, nonetheless. Yeah. Did what I wouldn't do. Sacrifice himself to take out the aliens in Chicago. <laughs> Speaking of Chicago. Yeah. We have like an actual Gotham. Yeah. Like they shot it in cities. Yeah. I think the only thing fake about this is the Narrows, isn't it? That whole uh, Yeah. I think the Narrows I think they is- built on like an aircraft hangar. They built the underground part of it too. I don't know what that's all about, but- Yeah. Yeah. It's Chicago. It's Chicago and London. Yeah. And it looks- Awesome. Yeah. And I believe it. I do too. It's good Gotham. It's pretty great. And I know that they do Dark Knight in Chicago as well. Uh-huh. And then they got tired of Chicago. Yeah. And I think they moved to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. When we talk about Dark Knight Rises, one of my biggest issues as a former locations guy. We'll get there. Okay. But this looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect choice. Yeah. Where I like how you get kind of your mix of old and new. You can kind of see the history of yeah. the city within all these buildings and stuff like that. And the attention to detail where like- they have the Wayne family on this this monorail going to the this center monorail, of the city. This like, monorail circles the Wayne Wayne Tower. Right, right. The Wayne Tower is yep. the center of the city, but they have this monorail. And then later in the movie, when Rachel Dawes is on the same monorail, it's all graffitied up, and you can tell that it's been there for years. Yeah, it's brilliant. Just so well really done. Good touch. They did a really good job of not only having Gotham but evolving Gotham with the story. It's a very very cool touch. Yeah, it's kind of nice when you make the location the character yeah in a lot of ways in batman 66 we even said like oh yeah that was gotham wasn't it oh yeah i don't think they ever mentioned the name (laughs) gotham i don't think they did but in this gotham's the center of the universe right in a lot of ways because that's henry ducard let's just call him ra's al ghul there's the twist yeah oh got him whoops he says like oh the league of shadows which he represents Mm -hmm. that's his thing it's like oh we burned constantinople we burned london whenever a city gets too big when we reach the tipping point we push it over it it's like Gotham looks like a shithole. Like, yeah. what, are we, what are you tipping over? Well, I guess they had already started to tip it over, which is why- I think society shitty. tipped it over yeah, already. It's, it's a nightmare. Like. 
was uh, Carmine Falcone who was tipping it over. It's not good. I think that that whole storyline is kind of forced, but I do like how they steal this microwave thing. Yeah, and they start dumping the the, the blue flower juice into the water, <laughs> and it's they want to basically yeah they've been dumping drug the, Gotham, dumping the the scary spray into the water supply. Right, and they're gonna vaporize all of it with this microwave. Right. Now they say they've been doing it for weeks. Yeah, they've been dumping this. Has nobody boiled water the whole time? Uh, very well known fact. Not a lot of Italian in Gotham. Okay, so nobody's making pasta in Gotham. Yep. Falcone, besides him. He doesn't cook for himself, though. Taking, like, a hot shower? No one. Okay. No, cold shower Gotham. Cold shower Gotham. That's why they call it that. Yep. You're right. Which is very interesting. Big cold shower. (laughs) The city that never showers hot. (laughs) You want steamed clams? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We don't steam anything in Gotham. Here's your cold crab legs. This is all we have in terms of the sink. Everything is cold or fried or baked. You can have it baked. Batman solves all this shit. He figures out everything that's going on. I have an issue with this type of part of the story, I guess. Like, we spent all this time building up to the bat. This yeah. is a two-hour-long movie, right? Something like that? Something. Two hours, 20 minutes? Sure. We spend an hour building up to the character, and then he spends an hour figuring out the crime because sure. the microwave thing was stolen. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. What do you think of this detective Batman? Because they try to frame it as a detective Batman. He's not a detective. No. No. I agree. My reasoning is that I feel like he's already a step into the detecting. How he doesn't do the whole initial thing. Yeah. He's not going, that's a footprint. Therefore, he's already like halfway down the road right. by the time we get told as a story. Oh, it's good. I looked at the computer screen and I thought of this and it got there. We did it. Clearly someone stole the microwave and they're going to fry the food and the, <laughs> they're going to make the... The water molecules go up, and we're going to see some shame. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Do you know he lost his voice three times while filming? Not surprised at all. It's not surprising at all. And the crazier part is his voice in this movie, and it gets even more wacky in the next movie. Oh, yeah. He plays it up more and more he, like, each time. He doubles down. Yeah. it's uh, In this one, it, he would be like, I'm not wearing hockey pads. There are certain scenes in the next in this one, one, he goes, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Right, right. It's There's times in this movie where you, Swear to me! you can't even really tell if he's doing it every time. And yeah, then kind of words fall out of his head. Yeah, and and then in the next one, he's like, "I can't stop doing it." <laughs> <laughs> like he listened to too much Disturbed, and his voice is just like that now. <laughs> like he watched the um, the parodies that Rachel Dawes. You look different. Are you down with the sickness? <laughs> Ooh, <wah. laughs> Can you imagine that was his move diving in? You see a battering <laughs> knock out the light. Ooh, wah. <laughs> I think maybe he just he forgot how he did the character, so he he did a recap, but he watched the Pete Holmes version. <laughs> the crazy part is Pete Holmes isn't even doing a Christian Bill, he's just doing the voice of right. the movie. Right. That's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's hoppy. <laughs> Get me another drink. <laughs> what do you think of the voice? Like I said, I don't it's yeah. it's not that bad in this one. No, it's it's doable. Right. Like it's not insane. If he lost his voice three times in this one, I can only imagine how many times he lost it in the, in the subsequent movies. You start seeing Batman doing sign language at a point. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would do the thing. It doesn't make for good it's audio not, medium. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I would normally like yell right now, but my voice is going <laughs> to. Where's my bad horse? <laughs> bad horse. I'm a horse. Just yeah. figured it'd be appropriate. There it is. <laughs> Where's Lau? I gotta find Lau. Where's Where's throat coat? 
want you to put a smile on my face. <laughs> I like this whole monorail scene at the end where he has to fight Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. And he's got to, you know, just ride the train. Ride the train. Trains. High on cocaine. Man. Yeah. Riding that train. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how it goes, but. Nope. But I like how he's fighting Ra's al Ghul on this train one-on-one and. But he's got an ace up his sleeve. Yeah. And his ace is not going to kill you. Don't have to save you. Oh, I was going to say his ace was oh. Jim Gordon in the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Gordon kicks ass. Yeah, he really does. I love Gary Oldman. This is like Gary do, Oldman's I, first role as a good guy. He wanted to play a good guy because he's done the whole bad guy thing right. already. And this is like Liam Neeson's first role as a bad guy. Yeah. It's amazing how he can go from saving all them Jews to, you know, <laughs> trying to destroy a city. Yeah. <laughs> he threw his career in a Lazarus pit for this one because he had been completely forgotten about for the most part. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. He really, this is his renaissance He's movie. Uh, hot off the rails of episode one. Yeah, that's what everyone says. <laughs> but after this is when he gets taken. Right. And taken. Where do they take him? Laun- uh, we don't know. But taken <laughs> relaunched his entire career. Oh, absolutely. It was his particular set of skills. Batman's not going to save Ra's al Ghul. He kills him. Yeah, but does I'm he... doing air quotes. You can't see this. This yeah. is my horse Batman mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, Horse Batman. Yep. He's doing sign language. It's a lot like Aquaman, actually. In the sense that you, he... don't, you don't have to follow through. You're not going to do the kill. Right. That's fine. But I don't have to save you either. Right. Especially because you made your bed. Now, would you call that justice or revenge? Because mm. we learned that Ra's al Ghul is controlling the Scarecrow. Right. He's fucking up everyone's minds in Gotham. Sure. And he's making them see shit that's nuts. And he's also controlling Falcone because that's kind of the way the ladder works. I kind of see this one as justice. Okay. Um, because that's, that's one of the major themes in this movie. I'm is, not sure yeah. what he has to, uh, I mean, what would he be avenging against Ra's al Ghul? I mean, like, his he's house? Kind of, he's kind of a father figure to him in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because he kind of raised him after, like, kind I like of. how they actually juxtapose that in the beginning of the movie where you have the Thomas Wayne stuff mixed with the Ducard stuff yeah. as they're going back and forth. And you see you have your compassionate father versus your your strict ninja father. Your hard-ass father, yeah. 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 Your Liam Neeson father. Your particular set of skills, daddy. Can you imagine if Qui-Gon Jinn was anything like a modern-day Liam Neeson? Uh, no. It would be a very different movie that, that I would love to see. Give Liam Neeson taken a laser sword. Oh, hell I, absolutely. yes. Better movie. Hell yes. That boat scene <laughs> at the end of Taken going through with a fucking lightsaber? Yeah. I'm on board. Fully on board. Oh, absolutely. I it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even notice the rat tail on. <laughs> that's Ewan McGregor who has the rat yeah, tail. No, that's what I'm saying. I would yeah. even notice Ewan McGregor's rat tail because I'd be so taken aback God. by Liam Neeson. Fair. Fine. Hey. Fine. Nails the wordplay. Three points. That's pretty much the story of Batman Begins. Basically. Ends with- More he, or less. He had burned down his house at one point. Because, right. Well, he didn't burn it down. Ra's al Ghul Ghul burned it down. And then him and Alfred, Michael Caine, we'll get there. Michael Caine. Ma- Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> They're standing there, hey, let's build a fucking bat cave while we rebuild this thing yeah, brick oh, for brick. We should, we should... Or we're, we're going to build a brick for brick. We're not going to go back to it, by the way. Just letting you know. <laughs> 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 Some reinforcements on the south east. Yeah, but that's Batman Begins, man. That, that's, that's the it. whole. That's the movie, and I like how they organized this trilogy, yep. which I don't believe was a trilogy. Still, in terms of broad strokes, yes, every movie has to have its own theme. The theme of The Dark Knight Rises, the third one, is pain. Ouchies. The theme of The Dark Knight, the Heath Ledger one, the good one, the yeah. great one, mm-hmm. is chaos. <laughs> and here you have fear. Boo. 
<laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Do you like the way it's constructed? Do you think that this movie appropriately shows the theme of fear? Absolutely. Why? Um, well, you have your inciting incident where he falls in the well and the bats. Damn bats. And then his his parents die in front of him, but he's still afraid of bats. So he wants to. What do you think of the idea of him saying that, like, oh, Wabatch mashed mashed a wine. Bats scare me. Like, what do you think of that? Why do you think bats he wants to put? Alfred. Why do you think he wants to put bats into his enemies? Not physically, because that's a whole Richard Gear gerbil situation. But <laughs> what do you think of him wanting to instill fear based on something that he's scared of? Um, I think it's it's a thing where he. He's trying to embrace his own fear. If he's if he's representing himself as the one thing he's afraid of, he's less likely to be afraid of anything else. But he's also kind of sharing his fear. Like, like I think this is scary as shit, so I know you're going to be freaked out by it, too. Makes sense. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I always found that weird about this one. Yeah. Of like, I want them to fear what I fear. But, then again, but I'm also was... going to become the thing that I fear in order for them to fear that. Therefore, what am I really afraid of? Hmm. Maybe by being a bat, it's less likely that people try to use bats against him. Maybe. Because then, you know, that'd be unfortunate if he was like a tiger man. And then we were like, yeah, but I got bats. Like, ah, my weakness. I can see that one. You're not going to use bats against Batman. That seems silly. Right. I think the last thing to talk about with this movie is the teaser. Yes. How with Marvel, you have the post credit scenes that are the teasers. This This is is built into the main story. Do you remember that feeling you had when you saw this teaser for the first time? Yeah. What was it? Giddiness. (laughs) Giddiness. <laughs> Jim Gordon says that there's another character running around town robbing banks, and he's got a thing for theatrics, just like Batman does. Yeah. And he hands him a baggie, an evidence baggie. He's got a calling card. And when he turns it over, it just it says Joker. Ooh. I got goosebumps just saying that out loud now yeah. because of how good that is. Yeah, it was what a reveal, first of all. Second of all, yeah. Oh my god. It didn't everyone just wanted to talk about who's gonna play Joker, who's gonna play Joker now. Right, right, right. And then they got the Brokeback Boy to do it, which is nuts. The guy from... from and you want to know what? We'll talk about it next week, but one of the greatest cinematic performances of all time. All time. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, there's... That tease, though. Holy shit, that's how you do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You have Take this notes, Marvel, you Brilliant punks. movie, and then you follow it up with like a little, hey, guess what? Something very simple. Joker's coming. Yeah. What a great little touch, man. It's very well done. That's Batman Begins. That's Batman Begins. One of the crazy things I read about this movie is um, none of the big name cast members, when they signed on, knew that it was a Batman movie. All their scripts said the Intimidation Game. And even Michael Caine said that when he first saw the title- That was the colon name for it for a while. He assumed that it was a script for a gangster movie. Okay. So like It all sort these, of is. I mean, basically, yeah. more or less. So all these guys like had no idea at first that it was a Batman movie. I'm Michael Caine. This is a gangster movie. I'd watch it. Just based Just on that, that, on that sound clip. Yeah, I'm in. Nailed it. Uh, there was no second unit. Chris Reynolds doesn't shoot with second units. That's bonkers. Yeah, no, he wants to, it's his vision. He doesn't want to sure. muddy up a vision, and I totally get that. So he was there for all 129 days of shooting. That's fine. Good for him. Wow. That's a lot of days of shooting. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they did $100 million worth of marketing, which is- That's insane. Obscene and unheard of. Especially for only getting a return of $48 million on opening weekend. What marketing could they possibly have done? The 1989 poster is one of the most iconic posters right. ever made. Right. And all it is is the bat, symbol the bat symbol with Michael Caine, Jack Nicholson, Batman. It didn't say Michael Caine on it. 
that's why I said Michael Caine as Batman on Batman. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> Michael Keaton. They're the same person, right? Yeah, for sure. More or less. Or Mr. Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Michael Caine. Michael Caine. We almost got an Anthony Hopkins. Where? As Alfred. What? That's weird. But It's weird. All right. I think I prefer Michael Caine. I do too, because I can't imagine. Master Wayne, what do you want for dinner? Fafa beans and Chianti? <laughs> Master Wayne, what would you say your body shape is? I kind of want to cut your skin off and wear it as a suit. A bat skin suit. I mean, you can just wear the suit while I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman was almost played by Josh Hartnett. No. Keanu Reeves, Ashton Kutcher. Don't like it. David Duchovny. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was actually like the number one pick for a while. Uh, Henry Cavill. Who That's a weird one. Go and but be yeah, Superman. Yeah, I heard that one. Billy Crudup. No. Nope. Hard no. <laughs> Hard no. Uh, Killian Murphy. Too pretty. I stand by it. So they were like, hey, like your eyes, let's make you Scarecrow. Killian Murphy makes great choices in this movie as Scarecrow. Oh, absolutely. Because he's very interesting where you have him saying things that are very comic booky of like, here comes the Batman. Yeah. Where it's just great choices. I understand why why Christopher Nolan puts him in damn near everything at this point. Oh, of course, yeah. He's amazing. He's very good. But he's got a certain look. You can't do much with him. You can't do it. And finally, Heath Ledger went out for the Batman role. Weirdly enough, I could see him as a Batman. I could see it, yes. I'm happy he didn't get it. Me too. Because Although, of the future. May- maybe the future would have been different if he yeah, wasn't Joker. Yeah, he would have gotten a trilogy at that point, I think. Yeah. In life. <laughs> in, <laughs> in life. Ooh. Uh, Scarecrow. We had Marilyn Manson, Christopher Eccleston, and Ewan McGregor. Chris Eccleston would have been a weird choice. Would have been very weird. But but I think he could have pulled it off. I like it. Ewan McGregor would have sucked and it would have been distracting because of because Liam Neeson. Because of Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh Rachel, there was Claire Danes, Reese Witherspoon, Amy Adams, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Rachel McAdams. Kind of interesting choices for a character they created for this role because right. that was supposed to be Harvey Dent. And they said, I don't know, we can Let's do him justice. Do that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, Katie Holmes was their first pick always for this. They were all backups. What do you think of Katie Holmes in this thing? I think she's fine, actually. Yeah. I don't think she does. She doesn't do a bad job. I mean, you kind of expect Katie Holmes to be like, oh, here we go again. She was hot then, too. She <laughs> was getting roles. Oh. Yeah, getting rolls. <laughs> that was not a Favreau salute. That was Brian under the table. Oh, uh, yeah, it was me, Dave. Mm-hmm. We almost got a Lawrence Fishburne as Lucius Fox. I could see it. I don't like it as much. I could see it. It's distracting again. And then there still. was also Viggo Mortensen, Daniel Day-Lewis, Guy Pierce, and Gary Oldman as Ra's al Ghul. Guy Pierce doesn't surprise me at all because of Christopher Nolan. Right. Almost as James Gordon, Kurt Russell, Chris Cooper, Dennis Quaid. I actually think Chris Cooper would have been a cool choice for that. It would have been interesting, he's for a, sure. He's a very unique actor in the way he approaches a lot of stuff, like American Beauty and whatnot. But yeah. I think that's a fun choice. It's in, Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, I think Jim Gordon, I mean, I can't imagine Gary, Gary Oldman Oldman's not being great. there, but he's terrific. Yeah. And then finally, we almost got a Joe Pants as- uh, Joey Pants? As Detective Arnold Flass. As the crooked one. The crooked cop, who was played by Mark Boone Jr. He's sweaty. S- sweaty. He, you know that scene in Fight Club where they go steal the fat to make soap? <laughs> yeah. He didn't make the soap after it. He just rubbed that on himself and said that's good enough. Oof. He's gross looking. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor. I like he is him. a very good actor. I actually actor. like him quite a bit. This He plays it really well. That's the best part about I mean, him. I feel like he gets a lot of roles that are just like that, though. I can see that. I mean, probably because he looks the part. Yeah, he's kind of just basically just holding a wink. Really, the whole time he's out there of like, yeah. you know, I'm crooked. Uh, just look at me. But <laughs> he's very good. The whole scene where 
the whole swear to me that scene where yeah. he gets picked up upside down. He's crushing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Big Solid time. actor. Solid actor. Oh, absolutely. He was great in Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, yeah. Never seen it. Also, I believe you. He's also good in Last Man on Earth in the few episodes he was in. Well, there you go. <laughs> I got one other thing. Yeah. Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Yeah, weird that we didn't touch on the score because of how unique it is. Yeah. Hans Zimmer was originally hired and he said, hey, I want to bring along this guy, James Newton Howard. We're kind of, because we have two very different characters in the same hero here that Zimmer ended up doing all the action scenes and Howard ended up doing all the drama scenes. Yeah. They've always wanted to collaborate. So this kind of made sense. You have a duality of a character finally. Yeah. Here you go. I liked the Zimmer part. You did not like the James Newton Howard part. I didn't not like it. I just didn't notice it as much. It didn't come through as much for me. That might be the idea, though. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I know in The Dark Knight, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, One of those, one half of those is very, very well known. We'll get there. Yeah. I think that's a very cool choice in general. Oh, absolutely. You're you're splitting a character. Yeah. Which is terrific. Which is brilliant because he has a duality to him. Exactly. Yeah. This is such a good movie, man. It's, It's great. How good is it, though? Let's find out. Super stuff. Setting. Gotham. It's a one. It's a this one. This is a fucking beautiful Gotham. It's a very Everything well about done it Gotham. Is, I, it's not a Burton Gotham. There were no big statues. Brian's very happy for that. Brian's <laughs> going to sleep soundly tonight. But it's a city. It's not something out of a fucking nightmare. Right. Right. It's not some uber gothic German revivalist. Right. Yeah. It's You're not leaning on something completely city. insane. And it's still timeless. It's a city. It has a feeling of timelessness. Yeah. Without having boom boxes mixed with 30s cars. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Style and tone. I'm going to go one. Yeah. When we go to the future movies, I'm curious to see where I land. I I agree with that. But here, it's definitely a, it's one. a one. I think this is a very good table setter. Absolutely. But as if you look at this, it's just another microscope. This is its own movie. Mm-hmm. One. Hero. One. I agree. The thing I like about this movie is it feels like Batman is the lead character. Where usually in a Batman movie, I don't think he is. I think villains, it's Bruce Wayne is the lead character. Even, yeah, yeah, okay. but still, I understand what you're saying. The villains usually take a front seat in all the other movies. Oh, without a doubt, Batman 1989 is, is a Jack Nicholson. Movie. This one is very much <laughs> yeah. a story about Bruce Wayne and Batman. Terrific. So villains, I'm torn because this thing's all over the place. It is. You have Ra's al Ghul, who's the puppet master of all this, right? You have Scarecrow, who's kind of a, a small bad, kind of, yeah. But he's also the but catalyst behind it all. Right. He's in the a lot one of ways. doing a lot of the, the work. You have Falcone, who I don't think we can discount. Right. Falcone is definitely a part of it. And he's the reason that Ra's al Ghul is there. Right. Really. But I think overall, it's Ra's al Ghul. And I think that that reveal is kind of stupid when it turns out he's been the big bad the whole time. Yeah. Well, they do that in all three movies. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'll go point five. Okay. I don't think it's that great of a villain i think that's fair i think this movie's not about the villain it's more about the becoming you know yeah the bat yeah female characters it's rachel it's yeah that's it it. there's only one she doesn't do anything and she does nothing she tases batman that doesn't do anything yeah she's a she's a relatively strong character for the little that she does she takes out uh scarecrow with a taser while she's protecting joffrey yeah oh joffrey's in this little joffrey she should have just let him die (laughs) <laughs> could have saved Westeros apparently the kid's to. like a great kid he just people hate him because of Joffrey which means he's a good actor yeah didn't he retire after Game of Thrones I don't know I'm pretty sure he did for some reason I don't know why maybe yeah high school <laughs> maybe I don't know who knows uh, uh, 
I'll go 0.25 just to give her something. Yeah. She doesn't do much. That's and, the problem. Yeah. And she doesn't suck by and any she's means. She's the only one in the movie, though. It's crazy. Which is problematic, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, story motivation. I think it's a great story. I think it's great motivation. I'll go one. I agree. Music. I'll go 0.5. I think we get, we give Hans I kind of want to go 0.75, but that dramatic bit isn't all there, but the action really. The action's really there. It's really Just there. the idea of having the the two parts is very cool. probably worth something. Very cool. Impact on the genre. One. Absolutely. This led to two this movies is... that are massive. And don't, I don't care what you say about Dark Knight Rises. It was a huge, huge success. Huge hit. Yeah. Um, even beyond its sequels. It influenced the whole genre. It changed the game. Yeah. It was, oh, you can actually just play these movies straight. Right. You don't have to be right goofy and off the walls with it. Parents. That's a one. Oh, we did it. We got an on-screen How death of that? both parents. Bam. R.I.P. Wayne's, but we thanks even, for the one. We even got a surrogate father death. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> what a movie. And then we get one-liners. There's some good ones in this one where you have the, swear to me. I'm Batman. Does it come in black? Does it come in black is a good one. It's a good one. You also get the, it's not what I am underneath, but what I do that do defines me. me. Uh, why do we fall down, sir? To get back up, dude. <laughs> uh, I'll dude. go 0.75. I think 0.75 is fair. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I mean, I think they're very good. Yeah. I don't think they're mind-blowingly good. Hockey pads coming up. Hockey pads. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, Where's Lau? Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh that's going to give Batman Begins an eight. Oh, solid. That's that's terrific. That's I'm very, very happy good. about that. Very good. Um, yeah. I knew this one was going to be pretty high up there. I knew too. But maybe throw in a female every now and then. Yeah. Maybe. Christopher Nolan. Maybe if you had like, I don't know, two women in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Does this pack the best on us? Not even fucking close. <laughs> Unless there's a mirror involved with Katie Holmes. <laughs> right. That's what we think about this thing. Yeah. Let's see what other people think about this thing. Ooh. Rotten Tomatoes. Top seventy one superhero movies of all time. Where do you think it falls on the list? Eleven. Not even close. Thirty-five. Really? Yeah, it's sandwiched in there between Ant-Man and Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. Well, I was gonna say it's gotta be near Captain Underpants. Not well, they're the same story, more or less. <laughs> and if you look at the picture actually on the Captain Underpants, it's the spotlight, but it's underpants but instead it's of a underpants. bat symbol. It's just okay. The, it's just the appropriate company. Symbol. Yes. Uh, Makes sense. Really? I can't believe it's that low. Yeah, what do you think it falls 1 to 100? You probably saw what I just turned the screen at you, I did not. Um, that's good. But I'm going to guess, based on 35, you said? 35. It's like 82? 84. Okay. Not bad. Pretty good call. Captain Underpants, by the way, 88%. Okay. Just letting you know. Yeah, maybe you'd be thrilled to let us watch that someday. I kind of hope so. I'm <laughs> curious, weirdly enough. It's 84% out of 278 reviews. That's a lot. But yeah. it also is 94% in the audience score that's with 1.1 million reviews. That makes sense. The Associated Press says Nolan takes an admirable stab at developing a character-driven drama only to give in to generic action movie conventions with a blinding, deafening, explosion-laden finale that could have capped off any number of interchangeable Jerry Bruckheimer flicks. No. No. First of all, a stab. He took a stab. He Bulletproof. fucking murdered it. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> I understand where they're going with this because it does feel like... I mean, it has to be an action right, at some point. Right, it's a fucking to, superhero movie. Exactly. You can't... Get and, off your high horse voice. Yeah. How else are you going to end this movie? I, I don't... I don't know. It's not directed by Michael Bay. It's directed by an actual filmmaker. I don't know what they wanted from it. I'm not sure. <laughs> that was a negative, by the way. 
Oh, was it? Yeah, strange, huh? <laughs> Entertainment Weekly says, it's not just the birth of Batman we're seeing in this triumphant interpretation. It's also the dawning of Gotham City's Age of Greed. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see that. But a lot of that falls on Wayne, doesn't it? Oh, a lot of it, yeah. And that's well, kind of strange how you have the big greed monster within this thing right. being also the hero. Is he the greed monster, or is it more Falcone? I kind of think it's Wayne Enterprises. Tell you the truth. It's a weirdly, it's not a big part of this movie, but it's definitely part of this movie. It's as big a part of this movie as Oscorp is in Spider-Man. Okay. Where it exists, also, they seemingly control a ton. Also, they went public, and now his money, right. his wealth is going to go up or down, and he's also doing business transactions. Is he? All that nonsense. <laughs> I don't know, but I kind of get it. Yeah. Newsweek says, the psychological realism and the science fiction villainy don't always mesh seamlessly. But unlike so many superheroic summer spectacles, this one actually has a soul behind the special effects. Sure does. Soulful. I don't know that it doesn't mesh, though. I think it does. I think it works out. I think out. it holds up. Yeah, I think this is a good intro to like a modern blockbuster. Modern summer blockbuster, at least. Yeah. Where you have Christian Bale, weirdly enough, as Batman, is very good. I think the supporting cast behind him is even better. Yeah. And I think yeah. that kind of just creates a whole ensemble that well, works. It's all Oscar in terms of this nominees and yeah, you winners, know, so. Every one of them. Not Katie Holmes. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. Oh, whoops. Let me give you one more. Here's how any great franchise should start. With care, precision, and delicately wrought atmosphere. Yes, absolutely. That atmosphere is the key word to me in that one. Yeah. Because of, you know, Gotham. Gotham. It's a... It's a believable real place not some sort of tim burton fantasy world right the thing of nightmares <laughs> here's your big statue also oh. here's your penguin who's going to try to fuck everything that moves including giant statues oh that'd be weird well they don't move though no can you so. imagine the statue ringing a doorbell and bringing a pizza into that that don't penguins r- dressing room i'm or gonna whatever sewer i'm room? gonna become statue man that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. i'm statue man embrace the fear actually psychologists have said that they give a claim to this movie for showing how Bruce overcame his fears by going into the bat cave and letting the bats surround him and diving in head first. Yeah. Uh, immersion therapy, is that what it's called? Uh, he, Some, something like I would that. say so. That's fully immersive there. Yeah. And he accepts it and he closes his eyes and lets those bad boys fly around him. Yeah. All sonar like. That's how bats work, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's how I, the shoe thing works. He's got the shoe sonar. <laughs> the shoe, the shoe sonar. sonar. That's wild. Hey. It's a cool shot when he goes jumping down with the... It's very cool. Yeah. With the, the CGI bat around. around him. A lot of bats. A lot of bats. Uh, you know what? It would be an interesting time to talk about Wally Pfister, actually. Okay. The cinematographer behind this thing? Sure. Is, I like how not chaotic all that stuff is. Where you have a lot of the action scenes that are very close up, so you don't see any of the gore, you don't see any of the real violence behind any of this stuff. Right. Where Batman, yeah, he can punch, he can move very fast, but he's not going to kick you across a fucking room. Right. Right, because he's a man. But a lot of this bat stuff, all the bats are CGI. Fine. Any Anytime there's a lot of bats. Yeah. If it's like one or two bats, they used actual bats. The real bats. They trained them up. They studied them up. They went to class and learned history and, and science. And yeah. Sonar. arts. And all that stuff. That's how they, they talk to them. Of course. The sonar. But it seems like a lot of this stuff with all these bats, the camera should be moving like crazy, but they shot it like they were just in a room. Yeah. Like they knew it was going to be CGI. Where the camera doesn't do anything jerky at all, it's extraordinarily smooth. Yeah. Almost still to a point. I feel like any lesser cinematographer or director would have jerked the camera around to show how bats kind of move. Yeah. No, you're right. Jerky-like and whatnot. 
And they chose to keep the camera stationary to let the bats live within the scene. Yeah. I think that's massively important because it lets Bruce, as a bat, live within the scene as well. Right. In kind of and a be harmony the focus. almost. Yeah. But not because right. bats are fucking crazy. Unpredictable. Erratic. Like a Christian Bale. Like a Christian Bale. Where's logic? But not like the camera. Exactly. The camera's not Thank erratic. You, Wally Fister. He's done all the <laughs> Nolan stuff, too, like Inception and Down the Line. And, yeah. And Interstellar and... Did he do Interstellar? I'm pretty sure he did Interstellar. <laughs> I'm making up facts now. He didn't do Interstellar. He did Dark Knight Rises. We're going to see him again. For sure. He's a hell of a cinematographer. Pretty good. Doesn't do the jerky cam. You know what else is pretty good? Who? Who was alive to Ooh. see this movie? Was it Mr. Ebert? Roger Ebert gave this four stars. Four? He doesn't give fours out very often. That's awesome. Batman Begins at last penetrates. Oh, Roger there, Ebert, of course. Classic. Batman Begins at last penetrates the dark and troubled depths of the Batman legend, creating a superhero who, if not plausible, is at least persuasive as a man driven to dress like a bat and become a vigilante. The movie doesn't simply supply Batman's beginnings in the tradition of a comic book origin story, but explores the tortured path that led Bruce Wayne from a parentless childhood to a friendless adult existence. The movie is not realistic, but how could it be? But it acts as if it is. Yeah. On the nose, Absolutely. Roger. Man, he's... Reach McGee's The best for Nails a reason. It. <laughs> Nails it. Well, I love seeing What's all that? these Spider-Man Far From Home ads oh, popping up as I'm on here. As of this recording, we're seeing it tomorrow. I'm fired up. It's almost like they spent $100 million on advertising, too. Ebert sandwich. We don't care about what's in the middle because the meat doesn't matter. It's probably talking about how the movie? Batman has sex. Yep. Last paragraph that Ebert says, I said this is the Batman movie I've been waiting for. More correctly, this is the Batman movie I did not realize I was waiting for. Oh. Because I didn't realize that more emphasis on story and character and less emphasis on high-tech action was just what was needed. The movie works dramatically in addition to being an entertainment. There's something to it. He really liked it. He really liked it. Hey, and you Mikey. want to know what? We really liked it. I forgot how much I liked this, this movie. This is a masterpiece. Until I rewatched it this week, I was like, Yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a brilliant movie. This is a it's female so character, well a strong female character away from being almost the perfect superhero movie. I agree. Fucking brilliant movie, man. So good. Some people didn't think it was a brilliant movie. <laughs> they reside on Amazon.com. How many could there possibly be? Well, out of 2,389 reviews, 72% are five star. Yeah. 3% are one star. That makes sense. 3%. I'll, I'll give them that. Let me give you the type of person who gives us a one star. From July 26, 2017, wrong artwork shown. Cover art is wrong. Oh, one man. star. One star. You sent me a DVD with the wrong cover art. Chicanerous. From December 17, 2016, titled Batman Begins. Review, Batman Begins. Okay. That's that's it. That's the whole review. Batman Begins. Batman Begins. I've read it three times now. Batman Begins. That's it. One star. One star. Uh, what? What are your thoughts on that? I don't have any because why that you person didn't break have it down any a little. Either. Why don't you break it down just a little bit for me, Brian? What okay. are you seeing here? It sounds like their problem with the movie was that it began. Batman. It started. Began, and they must have been yeah. expecting something more like Batman beginning. Yeah. But what they begot was it began, and it beguiled them. That all checks out. I don't know. That's uh, 
That's the kind of person that leaves a one-star review on Batman Begins. Now, this one is one of my favorite one-star reviews we've ever had. Okay. From December 23rd, 2005. Ooh. So this is probably soon after it came out on DVD. Yeah. He had Radom Thoughts. Most people call them random thoughts. Okay. These are random thoughts. Random thoughts. Yep. They sound Some almost sort like of a radiation. Exactly. Yeah. He left six questions. Oh, boy. Or six thoughts, I should say. All right. Number one. While liking the general concept of Batman, I don't like the Dark Knight persona. Uh, what? <laughs> you can't have that both ways. He likes the concept of Batman. Okay. But doesn't like the Dark Knight persona. I don't, what are you not seeing here, Brian? Um. So, wait, 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 wait. He likes the concept of Batman. Of a man dressed as a bat. But. Doesn't like the Dark Knight persona. Not a fan not of a the Dark Knight persona. Right. Does that mean the, the Nolan trilogy portrayal? I don't know what you're not seeing here, Brian. He likes the concept of a Batman. Okay. But doesn't like the Dark Knight persona. <laughs> got it. Got okay, it. Okay, Brian's got it. He, okay. Number two, this movie seems to be a prequel for all the earlier films. It tells the gripping story of Bruce Wayne in a unique and emotional way. I hate that about this movie. This is the worst part about this movie uh, is that it began. It, it came first. Batman Begins? It's, Batman Begins. Batman Begins is the first one, apparently. And, ah, uh, shucks. Number three, great actors, great props, great music, great special effects. I'm glad the prop master finally got a shot at. You know what? It's it's about time. They're the unsung heroes of all this stuff. 34 episodes in, making. we've never mentioned the prop master. Nope, and that's on us. We apologize to all the prop masters out there. We fucked up. Yeah. We're sorry. We're sorry. It's on us. All of you uh, who have names, I assume. Number four. Wait, I'm still... Yeah. This is a one-star review. Still one star. And then his third point was... Prop masters. Great actors. Great props, <laughs> great settings. Yeah. Okay. Not enough to outweigh. There's six of them, so okay. five stars. They make sense. Number four. The plot line is scary, though, especially Dr. Crane's mask. Yeah. That's. It's like ooh. doing a sack race, but on your face. <laughs> it's very frightening. A sack race on your face. Number five. A few surprises in this one. Wayne Manor burning down and Bruce's supposed mentor. Turning out to be the bad guy. I don't understand. Call it how he sees it, man. I hate that about this movie. <laughs> how it's like, surprise. We got a light twist. Very light twist. Super light twist. M. Shyamalan. <laughs> Leave the night at him. Leave the night out. The, the, <laughs> the Dark Knight is Dark gone. Knight Shyamalan. Right. Number six, the final one. Okay. By the way, seven people found this helpful. Oh, Just want to put that I would like to know. Oh, there's are. a comment. Hold on. I want to read the comment before I even go farther. <laughs> Whoever said this said, you should steer clear of those random thoughts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Zing. Number six. The only thing that saves this movie are the actors and the DVD's special features. I guess I'll have to investigate the Dark Knight persona a little more to appreciate it. I'd consider seeing another Batman movie as long as Christian Bale keeps the lead role. What does this man hate about this movie? Wait, What? <laughs> he has to investigate the Dark Knight persona more, which he doesn't like right. for his prior comments. Right. So he has to investigate more of the Christian Christopher did he say Nolan or did he say Christian, he said Christian Bale? Bale? Oh Christian Bale. He has to investigate more of the Christian Bale character, but he doesn't like the persona of the Dark Knight. He likes the Batman concept. What was that one toy that you had that wasn't the cool one, but it was like the normal one? Did you have a Tony Stark or I something? I had a Tony like that? Stark, yeah. That's what this dude is all about. 
he is collecting those things where he doesn't want the cool thing. He wants just he wants a movie about Bruce Wayne. And he wants like a just Wall Street like, just version like of going it. to work and that's exactly <laughs> it. It's the the wolf of Bruce Wayne, the the wolf of Gotham. <laughs> that's what he wants to see here. I don't know where you got that from. He wants from to those go, comments, but he wants to go swim in a hotel pool. No, but and then buy said hotel, and that's the cool thing about it. But that's and do cocaine out of out of a uh, asshole. Naturally, right? that's the thing. But that's not the the Batman persona that's or the, the Dark Batman Knight concept. Persona. That's the Bruce Wayne, apparently, he wants to see in 2005. Is it? I don't know. I didn't get that from that. It's wild, I man. I didn't get anything from that. No, honestly. I didn't either. I'm trying to give this guy a personality. Oh, no, he doesn't have one of those. Zero. He, one of his negative points was that the actors were great. Yeah. But then the only thing that saves this movie was that the props. actors were great. Really great props. And like also it. the DVD bonus feature. You want to talk about things that actors held that count as props in this movie? You got the little, you got the little uh, gizmo that he gave to King Joffrey. Oh yeah, because my friends are never gonna believe me. Here, take this thing, kid. What was it? Fucking bizarre. It's like a. Doesn't he hold a stapler up to the back of of Jim Gordon's head as a gun? I'm pretty sure. It's <laughs> a lot like a Woody Allen movie. What was that movie where he holds the highlighter up to the back of the Bruce Willis holds the highlighter up the back of the uh, the guy's head to rob him? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't remember either. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I just thought of a Bill Murray story. <laughs> you ever hear the story about Bill Murray where he would go up to people and uh, go behind them, cover their eyes and say, guess who? And when they turned around, he would go, and your friends are never going to believe <laughs> yeah. you. Nobody will ever Just believe you. walk away. Yeah. What a legend. I mean, there's tons of stories about Bill Murray doing stuff like that. There's a whole documentary on Netflix about Bill Murray stories. Really? Yeah. It's actually pretty pretty solid. I like it. Yeah. Are they as solid as the special features on this DVD? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? That's the only thing that saved this movie. <laughs> the sixth comment of this guy's comments. That's Batman Begins. I found that comment helpful. I'm glad. That's <laughs> eight people then. Great. Next week. Next week. We got a banger. It's a big one. We're talking about The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. I'm nervous. It's got a Joker boy in it. Yeah. It's the big one out of this group here because it's kind of considered the, the modern superhero masterpiece. Yeah. And I understand that we're living in a Marvel age. Oh, for sure. These Marvel movies are blown out of the water, critically, box officerly, <laughs> and I feel like it kind of got to bow down to the Dark Knight, the way that it handled everything. Yeah. It, it definitely set the tone for being able to tell these stories in a serious manner. Without a doubt. So. And I like how it's a totally different movie than what we just saw. Yeah. Done by... Literally the same everyone. The same everyone. Well, except Katie Holmes. She was there in spirit, I assume. <laughs> Speaking of DC, we have an email. Don't. About our Aquaman episode. Don't tell me who it's from. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who it's Bury from. It. Is it long? Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Ginger Skull. Fuck. All right, <laughs> go ahead. You who kept podcasters. <laughs> Ginger Skull for sure. <laughs> it is I, the Connivingly cantankerous, yet curiously and questionably coniferous ginger skull. He says more stuff. We know. He's the worst cape we podcaster. Know, we, know, we know. As voted forever, blah, blah, blah. Um, he talks more about looking at butts with Captain America. America's ass. That's fine. Um, he says, well, message received. I will keep this email brief. Mind you, I just skipped two paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wouldn't want to distract you two do-gooders from your rich, fulfilling, important, and rewarding lives of, well, um, hmm, 
Huh. All right. Point Novak. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just had one follow-up question regarding the Very Wet Man movie you recently reviewed. Jason Moana. Yes. As Aquaman. As you mentioned, the Very Wet Man is seemingly the most broish of the magic fish people. Yes. We did say that. Those exact words. Yes. Which begs the question, which Jersey Shore town would you most expect to find the Very Wet Man <laughs> frequenting? Seaside. Everyone knows it's Seaside. It's definitely Seaside. <laughs> uh, personally, I imagine him in Belmar fist pumping at D- <laughs> DJs? DJs? It's DJs. It's, uh, it should be DJs. Despicably DJs. yours, yeah. the Ginger Skull, P.S. Cover Suburban Commando, you cowards. If you want to send us an email, like the Ginger Skull, you can send that to katepodcasters at gmail.com. May or may not reply on the show. Depends on how it is. We've had some <laughs> that we're not going to reply to. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. We're throwing content up there all the time. And you can rate, review, subscribe on whatever medium you listen to us. Thanks for listening. Also... Guess what, Brian? What? We have post credits on every single episode we've ever done. Yes, that's 34 episodes with post credit scenes. So if the music starts, don't stop the podcast. Keep going. You should wonder why there's another three minutes left of your show. Yeah. Even after the... Our song's not that long. It's really not. It's not. Just just listen to the end. Get a l- little chuckle out of it. It's one of the most drunk. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next week for The Dark Knight. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Nope, nope. Same pod time. Same pod. <laughs> I hey, you know along. what? You know I, what? I listen. It's bat month. Keep it. So, Brian, Batman has begun. It has. What happens post-credits? I think after the credits, we zoom out of Gotham because- Tim Allen style, zoom. Oh, yeah, we're, we're zooming way out. Like, uh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh And we fly over the ocean, and we go out into this island, and we're zooming into this island to a little town called King's Landing. Oh, Jesus. And there's a throne there, and there's this boy sitting on the throne all- sideways and and leaned over and somebody says king joffrey off in the distance look at that and he goes what what is it and he pulls out <laughs> this little bat <laughs> periscope and he puts it up into his eye and he looks and then he gets shot with an arrow westeros man you had a chance but batman fucked it up forever batman saved the world really really the world of westeros yeah but i guess it wouldn't have been an arrow though it probably been like a batarang Sure. Through just the eye. Slit the throat. Just kill just that quick, kid. Quick slit. I don't know how the batarang works. I don't I don't know how any of this works. Doesn't kill. Doesn't no. No. Batarangs don't kill. No. Concussed. Sharpened blades. But Dave, what do you think happens? What I think happens is the Joker attacks. Oh. And I think the Joker attacks because Christian Bale as Batman is standing there on set and he starts he starts giving a monologue. The and he's he's doing his low voice and he's talking directly into the camera, talking about it's not what's underneath the mask, but what I do that the fi- Why are you adjusting the light, Joker? 
Why are you adjusting the light? Do I come on the set? Do I do your fucking job, Joker? Do I adjust the fucking light? You are so unprofessional, fucking Joker! You son of a bitch, fuck! Do I come on? I don't adjust your lights! Do your fucking job, Joker! Ha ha ha!